0: The Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at Rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the brutally speaking podcast i am your host john and this episode's guest is the returning tj miller you probably know tj from still remains he's also now in glassfields as well as his newer project dead me and this was one where interestingly tj's kind of been sp- kind of circling a lot of things I've been doing uh in a peripheral sense uh a lot of times you know with the podcast page and so forth or even my own uh personal you know social media pages you know he'll he'll be one of the first people to like or comment on something and it actually was really interesting because uh, I've been talking about the new podcast that I'm doing with some friends um I, you know I don't think I've really mentioned what it is um But at this point, uh, it's between uh, one of my good friends and my tattoo artist, who's also been a really good friend for, shit, I think, fuck, I think almost 20 years at this point between the two of them, and it's a thing where we really just kind of have a discussion about things. I mean, it's not entirely different from what I do here, but in some facets, it's entirely different, some of the things that the three of us are all opening up about, and in one of the conversations that we had, uh, we were talking about the devaluation of music and art. Uh, something, obviously, if you've listened to a bunch of the podcast episodes here, it's something I've talked about after reading the book uh, about how the Wu Tang album was made uh, in secrecy, and you know how the the risen and the the powers that be behind the scenes ended up deciding to make uh, this one of one album and why it was important to make this one of one album. Uh, for the sake of having music be discussed, put in the same breadth as art, like a painting, a one-on-one. And so we started talking about the idea of things being devalued uh, just in our lives and so forth. And at one point, you know, I had turned the conversation to, you know, Chris, obviously, as he gets more... Uh, along and more successful uh in in technique and skill and all that of tattooing you know obviously having to change prices and stuff like that and how hard is it to navigate uh not devaluing yourself uh in your own business uh even doing it for me with the podcast when coming up with podcast sponsors and so on and so forth and uh, rush, you know, with some of the various things he does as well. And in the conversation, you know, why I had talked about how I had booked a show a long time ago with TJ uh, doing a Def to Distribute show. And at the time, there was a little bit of uh, hesitancy. Uh, and and I, I don't even want to say hesitancy necessarily. There was on my end. I didn't want to use the Still Remains name. Uh, the venue that I booked it at, it was my first show, not at a like in my house or a house venue. And so I was kind of leaning on them quite a bit to further explore how to properly go from a basement show to like putting on something in a a actual legit venue. And so we kind of had a little bit of a back and forth disagreement about should I use a still remains name? I didn't think it was worth it because it's not still remains and I don't think anyone who would see still remains name would give a shit. Because it's a Deftones thing and Still Remains has nothing to do with Deftones and, you know, all these kind of things. And it just was this thing where as we were discussing it, you know, TJ and I had to have the awkward discussion of if you use my band name, I think you owe me more. Uh, The guy is because there was uh, I think AJ was the other person from Still Remains that was doing this cover set with TJ and that it was a thing of, well, that name holds a certain, you know, value. It's it's intellectual it's property. It's, you know, it literally is the, I guess, embodiment of all the sacrifices I've had to make the years of building that name up and the sacrifices and not being home and all those things. And it, it created a really interesting conversation between tj and i and it became a thing where i never resented him ever i never was like you're a dick for doing that i totally understood where it was coming from i just felt like i was put in a really awkward position because i'm trying to do something to be successful Uh, obviously you know when you're booking a show at a legit venue now there's overhead costs there's there's all these things associated and you want it to be successful so from that perspective I'm kind of being steered in a few different ways and directions, not being able, not really doing something as as I would want it to be done because it's not really how I feel would be beneficial. And so we were talking about that during the podcast chat and TJ had commented when I had posted a quick little video of like doing this new thing and he's like, oh, I'd really like to be in that room. And I had mentioned, I was like, oh, we were actually just talking about you. And so it was interesting, and and you'll kind of hear us sort of talking about it a little bit in this conversation, but I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper into it because I had the opportunity to do such from a different perspective. I mean, at that point, it's been over 10 10 plus years since that show. And I would like to think that, and and I know it to be true, that, that TJ and I are two totally different people at this point. We've, I mean, both now are married. We have done so many things in our personal lives that have made us entirely different people but i think something that's interesting about wanting to have a conversation with tj now is is that we are in different headspaces. we we aren't kind of holding on to to ego is the only word that comes to mind and i, and I don't know if it's more ego on my side or ego and his but i know that we are essentially both ego lists at this point um And it becomes this thing where I feel like there's a little bit of a new understanding of who each other are because TJ is more known for Still Remains, even though Still Remains isn't really doing anything, but it doesn't negate that he is that person and all of those experiences have made him who he is now. However, I do find there to be such a similarity between the two of us where he's got Glassfields that he's working on and obviously Dead Me, which was starting to be a solo thing and now has turned into a a bit of a a band, uh, a full on band. And so it's this thing where, you know, I have this podcast and it's mine and it's a thing where I have grown it and it is the successes, failures, whatever it is, are 100 percent mine. But I've also since in the last couple of years started two other podcasts at this point. And it's a thing where, you know, I'm doing the Green Room podcast with uh, Corey from God Forbid and Jackie, who does a lot of stuff in the behind the scenes of working with labels uh, and so forth and a lot of press stuff. And we that show has kind of been on the back burner for a little bit just because uh, life has been getting in the way uh, for everybody. Uh, Jackie's been traveling a bunch. Uh, Corey had to move back home to the East coast from Vegas. Uh, I've just been busy uh, doing stuff. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back into that, but that show so far where we're at, probably five or six episodes into that one. And and both these new shows are going to be a seasonal format, but it's a thing where I kind of take a backseat to Corey and Jackie in that one. And, you know, just kind of add my little quips here and there and, and my experiences here and there. And, it's interesting to kind of really take such a backseat to something in a creative endeavor and just kind of follow somebody. Uh, Whereas with uh, what we are pretty much calling the bar uh, podcast, the one I'm doing with Chris and Rush, uh, which stands for banter, anecdotes and recollections. um, It is essentially three really good friends who have known each other for a very long time, having pretty honest and raw conversations, uh, I was uh, kind of a little bit more behind the scenes kind of stuff, but I, I think it does lend to the conversation I had with TJ. Um, we were looking at licensing a song uh, through a Trustkill artist and uh, got permission to use it, but when it came time to use it for uh, the YouTube version, uh, there was a little bit more of a legality to everything and, and a cost associated with it. And so it just became this thing where we weren't really sure that if we were going to spend this kind of money on something, perhaps we'd rather just have a song be made for us and it's ours to use indefinitely. And so that inspired the idea of sending the music out or actually I should say the podcasts uh, out to Tom uh, from formerly of a day to remember now of Sounds Like Color. uh, Because I realized I know enough people in this industry that I could probably have them create something for us and we can pay them for the song and it's ours. And I just sent the episodes out to Tom because I instead of going, here's a song, here's what I'm thinking, uh, Chris Rush and I all decided to have him listen to the, the show and come up with something he thinks represents in sound, the podcast. And he and I were texting back and forth a little bit today, and it was a thing where it's like, I'm really nervous uh, for you to hear this because you're the first person to hear these episodes. Um, I have listened to them after we get done with them, just to make sure they sound good. What I need to do uh, to clean up anything if I need to on the audio side, but it's it's a thing. I was texting Tom and I just go, I'm really nervous uh, because you're the first person to hear this, and I I don't know I it, you know I feel good about it, but now it's going out to somebody else to be to be judged, and it feels very vulnerable. Uh, the things that the three of us discuss in these things, we've known each other a long time and we get very vulnerable, uh, at times on almost every episode. And there are things that even people who have been listening to this show, if you have been the entirety of the show, all seven years, 400 plus episodes, I think in the bar podcast, I think you will even hear things that you've not heard me discuss. And it's scary. It's, it's the, it's close to having a demo, <laughs> I think, as I have ever been. And but I'm excited. I'm excited to get it out. And I think the way it all ties to TJ is I have these three different shows now that kind of focus and showcase a different facet of who I am. Not necessarily compartmentalization of my life, but they paint, I think a fuller picture of me. Uh, You know, as I've talked about on this podcast about having roles and the roles that we play, I think that these podcasts essentially relay that and, and showcase it in a way different way than I could ever articulate. And To me, I think that's what's interesting right now with where TJ's at in a professional creative setting. Uh, Still Remains is obviously what he will always be known for, uh, I think by and large, and that's fine. But I think the thing is, is Still Remains can grow to be something for TJ, an outlet. And now I think he has other outlets to showcase and vocalize literally and figuratively uh, different sides of him that he hasn't been able to showcase in Still Remains and what it kind of limits him to do and be. And so in that capacity, I think it's really interesting to to have this conversation with, with TJ now because he and I share a very similar outlook on something of we understand that this thing can be something and it doesn't have to be limiting and we don't have to look at it as a limiting outlets, but that it can be something that allows us to channel this one thing and play this role and kind of exercise this thing. And then we have these other outlets that allow us to do the same thing. And so for that, I think this was a conversation that genuinely and organically happened when it was supposed to. And I'm really excited to bring this conversation with TJ Miller to you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with TJ and I will talk to you on the other side of it. Kind of fun and interesting, and in the fact that I don't think I've gone to anyone else's house. I'm sorry. To, no, it's fine. It, it's sort of I think like when you when you start a journey of something uh, in a quote unquote creative endeavor, I feel like it just starts this whole thing of like firsts, and you have no idea where it's gonna take you. Like literally, right before I hit record, I wanted to look up to see when you had been on the show last, and it was you were the thirteenth episode. So unlucky or lucky thirteen? I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, lucky, unlucky. Yeah, both. <laughs> either whatever.
0: And then you know it was 2017 so I feel like just so much has happened and it's funny to think that there used to be a time where I didn't want to have repeat guests cuz I was like we covered everything the first time. Yeah. And I feel like it's more interesting from a personal and person perspective of talking to people and continuing a conversation and just seeing how like we've grown things that have happened over the course of however long it's been yeah. and sort of continuing a story of sorts. um i feel like last time you you literally had nothing i don't think uh i don't think you had any bands i don't think stilly was doing anything
1: yeah um back then we did like a i can't remember if it was 17 or 19 we did a i think it was 17 we did like a uk tour like nine shows um but that was it and that's really i've we've done like a show or two since then you know so like, there wasn't really much going on back then at all.
0: I I haven't listened to the, the episode because, like, I don't really do that a whole lot, typically. But it would be interesting because I feel like when we talked last, you were very, I don't want to say standoffish. I just feel like you were very, like, checked out of, like, wanting to create. Like, I feel like, and I'll, this will, I guess, kind of be the first question, but I feel like you were kind of burned by everything or burned out, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think I was for a long time. And it's it's kind of unfortunate because I feel like, um, I mean, there's so much happening now that's amazing. But uh, it's like I checked out of music for about 10 years. Like, I didn't listen to bands. Like, n- nothing new. Like, still to this day, I'm paying the price because I have no clue who, like, anybody is in the scene. <laughs> like, I just no idea. Um, So, yeah, I think I kind of had, like a lot of feelings of resentment just toward certain things that happened with Stiller not necessarily like the guys in the band, maybe, I mean there's always complicated like relationships, you know, that we have and whatever, but uh, they're my bros it's complicated uh, but I love them uh, a lot of it had to do with like management label stuff uh, just decisions that were made out of our control, you know that kind of determined the course of our career and and whatever. And so I just kind of just checked out. It's like, I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to go through it again. I just want to wash my hands of it.
0: Well, I feel like, and I don't know if I said this to you, but I feel like it's, again, more of like the human side of things that, that I always find intriguing. But I feel like at that point, like, it almost feels like maybe it's like a betrayal, right? Like, how would you not look at it as such? Where you're like, I gave this thing. Literally, I am giving myself. I gave myself. I gave my time. I gave my health. I put everything I have into this thing, and it didn't love me back for no real, like, fault of my own.
1: Right. Yeah, that's... I mean, there's definitely some of those feelings wrapped up in there, too. Um, When you, you know, this thing comes of you, you know, like, Jordan and I really started that band all, you know, back in, like, 2001. And, you know, we poured all of ourselves into it and just there was a lot of good that happened. There was a lot of like weird and bad that happened, but, uh, it, it didn't really like, it didn't go where we felt, um, it should have went or like uh should have went, but like we knew that it was capable of going. We knew that we, I mean, without, without having ego about it, like we knew that we were solid and we knew that we had like tons of potential, you know, and we wanted certain things to happen. And, uh, Unfortunately, the team that ultimately we chose to work with, we feel like just kind of dropped the ball on the band pretty bad.
0: Is it, because I know, I th- I remember when we were talking last time, you know, I kind of was really interested in like, what, is, what does it look like when you're having to kind of start anew after you've kind of left a career? Because at the time, I don't think I even realized like how much touring really preps you for a lot of other things. Like you can become an accountant. You become like, you learn how to do like so many logistics and, you know, planning ahead and and like doing all this stuff that it really does have tangible job experience. You just kind of have to look at it in a different way. And so I remember kind of being focused more on that with you, but I would almost now, now that we have like five years on the other side of it, where it's like, I feel like now I feel like, and I wonder, I guess, if coming back and like, because like now you're in two different bands essentially. Like you've started. I don't know if it's your solo thing because I think initially when you started it off, like it was, but now it seems like Matt and a few other people are involved. So I don't know if it's if it's morphed into another band or if it's still a solo thing.
1: Dead me is. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of both. I mean, we we consider it like a. We I guess we consider it a band. You know, I guess I kind of uh, sit in the driver's seat. Um, the demos that are coming about, you know, were all written by myself. Um, and I just, you know, I've been taking them to Matt and revamping them with Matt. And he's had a lot of incredible ideas. Uh, and then same thing with Jordan. Jordan adds um, certain layers that I never would have, like, imagined. You know what I mean? Um, and they've just really helped me bring it to life. So it, it's considered a band at this point. But I think um, the just the three of us have a good... Dynamic for how we create um, that I don't, I'm not ready to like open that door for anybody else, you know what I mean? Um, But what I'm hoping is that next year we'll be able to play live, and we've got just a ton of friends that have just been like, hey, like I'll play guitar and you know, do backups, or I'll play bass if you need, like whatever you need, you know, I'll play synth, whatever. We've just got like a slew of people that are willing to like help out with the live element.
0: And then obviously with Glassfields, like I, I feel like I remember that band existing before you, and then you joined them because they were an instrumental band
1: previously, right? Um, here's the thing about Glassfields, like I don't really know much of the history of Glassfield okay. before me. I know that um, I feel like that they were kind of instrumental, but then Ryan's brother Nick, uh, who's in Fedakin, he plays bass in Fidekin, um, He was singing for a while too and then nick didn't want to sing he didn't want to play guitar i think he just wanted to focus on playing bass and like yelling and fidekin which is awesome because they're they're sick they're just great but um so they asked me to come aboard and um just kind of i was helping writing for a bit and uh just thinking about like how i wanted to approach things vocally but then the pandemic happened and we we kept trying to get together and trying to get together and trying to get together. And it, it was like the six month period where like every week we were trying to get together and it would always just, our jams would always get canceled for one reason or the other. And so after like six months, I, I just told the guys like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm setting aside time every week for this and it keeps not happening. And so I think I just need to kind of check myself out of it. Cause I mean, I'd rather, donate my time to you know something that's gonna happen and so i I walked away from it but then the guys ended up going to um guys and gal went out to uh, albini's studio in chicago and they were see i keep burping i'm sorry (laughs) they recorded i don't know how many songs they recorded maybe like eight or nine songs out there just just instrumental And they hit me back up and they were like, hey, we would still really like you to sing on a couple tracks. And uh, I was like, yeah, if you you guys got the songs, great. You know, like something's happening, like I'll totally do whatever you want me to do. And so I sang one of them and then they were like, you want to sing on like three or four? And I was like, yeah. So then I recorded more and now Ryan's talking about me singing on more of them. And um, yeah, so I, I guess I'm kind of the singer for Glassfield at this point.
0: Yeah, because it was interesting. Like, I saw their van broke down or whatever on a tour, but I was like, wait, I don't think you're on that. No. So,
1: I, they haven't toured forever, so I don't know if that maybe, was them or. I don't
0: know, because I feel like after. Because, like, it's. Social media is weird now where it's like sometimes if you, like, literally stop and look at something, it'll just put that or more of things like it. And will be like, well, because you interact. And it's like, I didn't interact. I stopped for a second. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if maybe, like, it's just, like, because I follow you and you're associated to that account in some way, shape, or form, maybe it throws some of their stuff and it's like older things just to get me to click. I don't know. Yeah, it could but be. But I thought I, I thought I remember seeing something about like, oh, our like, van broke down and we're stuck. And, or maybe it was like they use that page as an ancillary thing for, uh, you know, What's His Face's other band. So I don't know. Um, I just remember just being like, oh, that's weird. I thought TJ was in that band, but they're touring and he's not touring.
1: Yeah, that's no, <laughs> I, that wasn't anything recent, I don't think. It okay. must have been years ago. Yeah, okay.
0: Shows how much I actually pay attention to, uh, right. to social media. <laughs> it's, uh, Glassfield's been a
1: fun thing, though. I mean, it's, it really has been. I mean, I love Matt and Britt, and I love uh, Ryan a lot. Ryan and I went to high school together at Granville. Um, and uh, the music's just been super cool, D- way different than anything that I've ever been a part of. But what I'm doing vocally is totally working. It's just it's weird. It's really weird how it's coming together, but it's, it's, fu- it's way cool.
0: Well, I think that's like the interesting thing about the three bands so far is like like even today listening or when you dropped the demo, uh, the dead me or dead me stuff, and I was like, oh, it's. It's funny because, like, the first thing I thought of was, I was like, oh, TJ pulling out, like, a, a Lane staley Allison Chain, like, vocal harmony on That's this. That's what people like,
1: keep saying on that. That's so funny.
0: And, well, I think it's just, like, there's a certain vocal frequency that when you do a harmony harmonizing, like, melody line behind it, yeah. like, it's just, there's no way you can't compare it. Like, I remember watching that Stained when they did their last album. They did, like, a documentary of them making the whole record, which is one of the most hardest things to watch because there's so much band drama and it's being captured on film. Oh. Yeah, and it's like they kicked out the John, their old drummer, and like Aaron's like giving him shit. He's like, "You can't like listen how sloppy that is. You're not even on the fucking beat." Like da da da, and you're like, "Okay." And then like he'll go to Mike and be like, "Uh," "And you can tell that they weren't working together. Like they had different sessions, and so like it'd be like Aaron be like, "Oh, you know, it'd be really cool. Like if I rapped over this, like Mike should go back over re-record his guitar parts to fit this other thing I want to do." And then Mike's like, "Oh, he wants me to re-record my fucking part. Why don't you like?" And you're just like. Man, this is so fucking awkward. Like yeah. it's like literally watching band fighting, like committed to tape and then put out for like our enjoyment. And you're just like, but I mean that's really what it is. But at one point he's doing a vocal idea or whatever, and he came up with something and it showed like it showed like Mike and the other dudes just like, oh, it's just an Allison Chains thing. That's all anyone's gonna hear. They're just gonna be like, Oh, it's an Allison Chains ripoff. And then Aaron's like, so what? I can't fucking have, like, this high harmony and this one underneath it. Like, Alice in Chains owns it forever. Like, no one can ever do it. Yeah. And it's one of those where I'm like, no, I, I see that. But it is a thing where it's like, I think there is just tonally a thing that if you listen to that band, yeah, yeah. you're always going to hear, like, when you hear the, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I way.
1: I agree. You know, I, I remember. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Alice in Chains... You know, Lane and Jerry were like the masters of vocal harmonies. And, you know, Mike and I did that a lot in Still Remains. We were just always harmonizing. We are both choir kids. You know, so we both love to sing. We love to harmonize. I mean, I'm doing a bit of that with, with Dead Me. I'm doing a little bit of that with, with Glassfield, too. And it's. I think it's just my nature, really. Um, I, I can say that, like, while Alice in Chains is certainly one of my favorite bands, I don't I don't like intentionally try to pull like inspiration from them necessarily. But the thing is, is like with vocals, it's where I go, you know, just to I mean, when when I'm when I'm listening to like, um, you know, the music of, of or a demo of something that, you know, I've written or somebody else has written, I have to just, like, listen to what that song is telling me. Like, it tells me what it needs, literally. If I just, like, churn it over and over and over in my head. I was doing it yesterday. I brought my kid to the trampoline park down the road, and I just (laughs) threw my headphones on while he was jumping around and just wanted to listen to that song. Literally, just listen. Like, turn my brain off and listen. And it it tells me, like, this is the vibe of this part. This is what, you know, it, it needs to be effective. And then I'll go home and go... All right, cool. And that that's my starting point. You know, just even if it's not even like the first part of the song, it's like, for in this case, it was the end of the song. That's where I started recording, and um, and I knew the kind of like vibe I had to use my voice, and I knew that I had to have at least like a harmony on it in order for it to be effective. Um, and as far as guitar stuff goes, like I'm not a shredder whatsoever. Like <laughs> I I suck. I suck at guitar, and so like most of the things that I, I write are simple. You know very simple stuff like I mean um so I've heard a couple of people go like yeah guitar stuff is kind of like Jerry you know like Jerry Cantrell because like, he writes a lot of simple-ish yeah. guitar stuff I mean he's a great guitar player though yeah. but a lot of his stuff in Allison Chains is fairly fairly simple
0: it's odd time though it's like it's like not it's either like off the beat or in front of it it's like never like right on yeah it. yeah so yeah. it's really weird when you're like trying to even when trying to like learn some of his stuff it'll be like you're like okay it should go here should be the core oh no 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 i gotta go just slightly before it's very weird you yeah, gotta like
1: be paying attention yeah it's a feel but uh like i don't like he's not he's not i mean i love his guitar stuff it's great but it's not he's not somebody that i'm going like i want to play like jerry right. you know what i mean um so i do i do get a lot of like the allison chains like comments about dead me and i think it's really really cool it's interesting you know but uh it's, it's not where i'm going and it's not really what i'm pulling from but it's really cool how people can hear that well
0: i think like it i think it speaks to a bigger thing of a sometimes i think like our influences come out unbeknownst to us like you might hear it or just be like oh i, I don't know i just thought it sounded cool yeah yeah and and you know it's sort of like same thing with the guitar playing it's like well i mean there's only so many notes so many ideas and like Certain ones just aren't going to work there, and I can try and I can show you all the bad versions of what I did, and it doesn't work and it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Um, but I think adversely, I think when we listen to something, that's what we do by nature is just try to compare it to something we know to oh, give right. it like a common foundation of like, okay, now it, I like this, so now let's kind of dive into it a little more. I thought it was more interesting because it's like I, I wouldn't have really thought to like those vocals in particular, like those harmony vocals. I was like. I don't think I would have thought to put that over this. And that was the thing to me that made it stand out a little bit more as I was like I wouldn't expect like there's kind of where I thought it was going to go and then it that part comes in and I was like huh. I think that's a better idea. It's unexpected. It it kind of is more memorable and makes that part more memorable. But it's sure. it, I'm like the, I hate when people are like you want to sh- like going to show you the new thing I'm working on or trying to play mute like I remember when Andrew from the ghost inside had just gotten their like record, like he had gotten the final mix of the day we were doing the podcast. And so he's like, we're listening to it loud as shit on his like home studio thing. And like, we're listening to one of the songs. He's like, yeah, so like, this is going to be like our first single. And I was like, all right. And then like, he plays like sort of like a radio rock thing. He's like, yeah, we're going to like send this one. I think we're going to do this one after like the first single. And I was like, and then like, they had like just an ass beater song. And I was like, so those are going to be the singles. He goes, yeah. I I think i would maybe release them like i don't think i'd put the like soft song second because like i think people might think that that's what the the rest of the record's going to be like and i understand like then you come with the walloping track too so i understand it but i was like i don't know i feel like people are not gonna vibe. like i think it so i think many you
1: bands just... have done that and so they're like okay we know what you're doing right we see you yeah and it just
0: <laughs> but i also hate it because like when i hear something i'm like oh that's cool or like i'm like oh usually you you did this part like usually it would lead to like a bridge or it would do this here and then but i also hate like when because like as i'm listening to it i'm just like sometimes i will sort of like you're saying when you listen to music i just kind of sit there and zone out and be like all right that's kind of cool all right like tones drums like what am i picking up but i feel like when you're sitting there with a the person who has a hand in creating it you're they're like looking for your like isn't it awesome and you're like oh yeah I, yeah uh i don't like who talks when you're listening to something for the first time it's very it's very weird and then like something like that where it's like it's the final version there's no going back and make changing it it's like if you're like i don't really like that and it's like well fuck you we're done with it 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 exists now and this is how it's gonna be (laughs) like i'm just not a fan of of doing that like i like to be more alone and listen to stuff and then be like so here's my my thing like i remember Hafer sent me something and then he was like what'd you think he goes oh spend like a few hours nothing back like you hate it don't you and i was like i honestly am at work and i haven't listened to it yeah. <laughs> and but like it's one of those where it's like it's i feel like it's a little bit uh daunting to be the person everyone's like you like good music here listen yeah. to this and tell me what you think no, and you're like <laughs> oh
1: that's that's kind of funny because i mean i think from an artist's standpoint like i i get that with haper uh i do it all the time like hey dude check this out check this out and then i'm like crickets and you know I know that they've got their own lives and they'll listen to it on their own time. But me, I'm like in the moment and I'm so excited about my shit and I just want somebody else to like be able to share that with me. And when it doesn't come back for like a few hours, you're just kind of going like, Oh fuck that guy. He probably hates it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like, you know,
0: actually it's funny cause I, I feel like it, it's almost akin to something, uh, Bentley and I were talking about yesterday, where you know we were kind of talking about setting boundaries with people and you know the power of no and things like that and it is but like we were talking about like sometimes we live in this world now where because of our phones getting notifications like I'm someone that like when I get something like I don't like notifications on my phone like it feels like I'm ignoring shit or putting things off but another way that we were kind of talking about it is we have been kind of conditioned to complete tasks so when you see a notification, it almost is like a task. And you're like, oh, I have to do that. I have to get that thing to go away. Yes. And so the other thing, the other side of it that we were talking about yesterday was that sometimes we live in such an instantaneous world where everything is like, well, like like we're talking right now, like you didn't listen to it, you didn't like it. And it's like, yeah. no, like
1: <laughs> you maybe, need to satisfy my dopamine. <laughs> right.
0: But like the other side of it is sometimes you need to like not have people be so like connected to you like stop like sit like and we were talking more about like if someone said something and you're like well and like that's arguments get started because you're just too quick to be in the moment and say something and it's like sometimes when someone poses a question or does whatever it's best to like just kind of not answer it let them kind of either realize like you don't like you're not at their beck and call at all times but also sometimes it helps that person kind of reflect inwardly and be like oh i'm sorry i bothered you with this or or whatever like that looks like. And I'm kind of really paraphrasing like a 40 minute conversation to like two minutes. But I think the same thing sort of can maybe apply from a creative standpoint where it's like, maybe by you sending something out, you are very excited about it in the moment, but maybe there's something in that like hours long process of waiting for someone or whenever they get back to you where you go, you know, now I think about it, maybe I should change this or maybe I should. And it like gives you time to reflect and think maybe about, something else you could do or want to do to the thing
1: no for sure um it's it's funny because like i'll track just like one part and i'll be like dude you gotta hear this and i'll send it out and i'm just so excited about it because i ended up getting my idea out like i got a good vocal take whatever but the thing is is what you're sending somebody is a completely incomplete idea it's not mixed honestly like sonically (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like absolute shit, you know, and you're expecting somebody to come back and be like, dude, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard, you know? Yeah. Well,
0: I think it speaks to the, I mean, like you said, it, it's from thought to, I don't want to say completion, because it's not complete, but it's, it's essentially like human alchemy. It's like lightning in a bottle. Like you captured a moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's hard not to be excited. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like at times, like, I mean, even doing this, cause like, and, it's weird. Cause I'm starting to finally get in the, the I want to say habit, but like just re training myself to understand that this is sort of a creative thing in, in some way, shape or form. I, I mean, I used to say all the time, like I remember Porter once was like, you have like a really innate gift to get people like to talk to people. Like it's not something everyone can do. And I go, Fucking talking, communicating, everyone can do it. Like, I don't think it's a skill. (laughs) I think it is, I'm starting to realize that as I've been doing this for, like, seven years now. But it's, like, there are times, like, you know, I did a chat with uh, Scotty and Lewis from Carnifex. And, like, we just kind of talked about, like, death and, like, how it informs how you live your life and different things. And, like, when I got done, I was like, fuck, man, that was awesome. I can't – and I I did the same thing. I sent it to a couple people. I was like, yo, check this chat out. It was fucking awesome. And then I realized, I'm like – who wants to listen to me and some other dude talk for an hour? <laughs> like, yeah, before, like, it's rele- yeah like, before it's released. Like I'm like, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I
1: get that. I get that. I mean, it, it's no offense to you. No. But, no. Like, I, yeah, I totally get that
0: side of it. Well, it's almost like I feel like in a different realm because, like, I mean, that was sort of like we were saying earlier about, like, the thing I'm doing with Chris and Rush. And I feel like their expectation, oh, man, like, some people are going to listen to it. And I'm like... Yeah, man. I don't know. Have you ever done anything creative? Because, like, the people that you think are going to, like, support your thing fucking aren't. Like, I think my wife's maybe listened to two episodes out of the 400 plus I've done. Uh, She doesn't give a fuck. Uh, I feel like in band stuff, I feel like you're probably the same where it's like, you want to get humbled real quick, look around and see that, like, no one in your close circle of friends gives a shit. Like, there was someone who I'm not going to mention, but I saw on their Instagram story a couple of weeks ago, they had posted about, like, a photo and like there's a, a business that had they had opened during the pandemic and then it didn't succeed and toward the end he was like the person was just like and you know what like i knew because pe- no one showed out fuck this part of town fuck like people like uh blah 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 and i want to be like dude like you used to be the man like you of all people should understand like no one's gonna give a fuck about your thing no matter how much you give a fuck about it like you were saying earlier like to start off like you know you didn't listen to music for like 10 years. Like you kind of were checked out of things. I went through the same thing through doing this, where I got tired of every album I get, like, and I get bombarded with them that it's like, I have to listen to it. And it became like a fucking job where I'm listening to music for the sake of going, okay, what's the cool thing I can talk about to somebody from this band. And it's also not repetitive of whatever anybody else during this press junket that they're going to be asked a million times. And so it just got to be, fucking overwhelming and i just hated it and I'm like it made me not want to listen to music at all and i didn't and then it took a while but i found my why and so when i saw that person's thing i just really wanted to like message them and be like no you like if you don't do it for you it has to start with you you have to know like what is the purpose why what is your why why are you doing it and if it isn't only for you then you're you of all people should know that like you can't make anyone do anything. It has to be for you.
1: Right. No, it's something that, I mean, it's kind of a similar idea is, you know, especially with the dead me stuff because it's in its infantile stages. I don't have like a label involved or like PR or or anything like that to like push press or anything like that. I can post about it all I want. I can share it all I want. Ultimately, like your shit is going to speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's good material, if he's got a good product, it would speak for itself, hopefully. You know what I mean? I mean, I can talk about it on blue in the face, but I can't force anybody to fucking listen to it. I can't force anybody to like it.
0: And I think at the end of the day, like you were saying, I think you are doing it because you want to. Exactly. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And I do feel like the interesting thing, too, from kind of thinking about like where it seems you are personally versus where you were last time we talked, is that I feel like... And I'm projecting, but I feel like you from when we talked last time would have if it if any of these projects didn't do anything would have been like, fuck the industry and fuck music and fuck people and blah, blah, blah. And all anyone cares about is T.J. Miller. And like and I feel like there was a clear separation of you as the person versus who everyone thought you were. And I feel like now you have the creative outlets to do different facets of yourself and so if that's how people feel, you're like, fine. I mean, I exist in that plane too, but I'm also over here. Yeah, and there's an understanding, like you've kind of come full circle, it seems, as a person where you can be like, yes, I am that person. And if that's all you want me for, cool. That exists over here. However, I also am multifaceted and, and I exist in th- these spaces right. as well. I,
1: I think some of that is just gaining confidence in myself. And unfortunately, like, you know, it's to the point where I'm 41 years old and i'm starting to gain more confidence in myself and i just never really had much of that you know what i mean so like um when i was just doing still remains and or whatever or not doing still remains but that's all people wanted to like talk about or think about if they were in a room with me or whatever it's it's just disappointing because it's just like that's just not me that's just not it is but it's a Part it's of, a part of, it, all of. it's a part of me for sure but like if that's all you can if that's all you can see and you want to treat me a certain way that's not really like a normal person no you know <laughs> like i'm just not i just i don't really have the energy to like sit there but you know now that like i mean still remains is kind of one thing um i'm doing well in my job my you know i got married uh i'm got these other musical projects that i've got a lot of confidence in uh and i feel like i can just be my fucking self and it just doesn't matter it just doesn't it doesn't matter at all like like if you look at me and you see the one thing like i just i just don't care like i i, I feel like i'm finding myself more
0: well i feel like the weird thing is is when people do that it's so weird to again the, the this is why like i love working in a bar and working as a door guy just really makes you look at people completely differently. Cause it's sort of like being at a club where it's like, if I had talked every night over all the fucking volume in a bar, I'd have no voice like most of the week. So I just, a lot of times just sit there and be quiet. And when you see how people interact with one another and you see, like you get really a, a broader sense of like people and how we, we are and stuff like that. The way, like what you're describing to me just sounds like if you were to explain to somebody like, you're just seeing someone in a one-dimensional shape. Like, it's flat. It's substanceless, they Like, they're, it's so... It's nothing. Yeah, like, sure. people aren't a one... For the most part, people aren't one-dimensional. They're 3D beings. Like, there's so many th- deep things happening that, like, you have no idea. And, like, you gotta, like, understand that about people. And I don't... I guess maybe that's what it is, is people don't take the time to think outside of themselves first of all but secondly to kind of look at other people in any other capacity i also would wonder potentially this is like a probably a really weird parallel but because i I feel like one of your kids does sports right or did
1: um my daughter does dance okay uh my son ash doesn't do anything right now but we're we might get him like hooked up with soccer this year I was to
0: say, okay, I remember one of your kids doing something, like, sort of competitive, or that took, like, practice, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, do you feel that seeing them go and learning something, essentially, from start, and gaining the confidence by proximity allowed you to kind of do the same thing?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I ever really, look, really looked at that, honestly. Um, I think that just being away from it for, for so long, you know, and just life happening as it does just kind
0: I of, I didn't even mean music. I just meant like, like, cause you're like one of the, f- the first thing you said in that part though, was my job's is doing, I have a good job. Yeah. Like you started at a job. Yeah. 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 So like, to me, it's like, I feel like the foundational blocks of your life, it's probably family job, you know, whatever. And I was thinking yeah, like yeah. it's probably at the, the bottom of that, that hierarchy. It is. Yeah. And yeah. So at that point, I feel like I, my question would be, did you notice that you started gaining confidence in in work and yourself and all that through seeing you know her
1: maybe maybe I mean it's it's really cool watching your kids like grow and change and discover things every day and seeing their confidence build you know what I mean and in ways that is inspiring you know really is it kind of like I feel like that probably does help me you know with work and with taking on new things and exploring new avenues and things like
0: I feel like the interesting thing would be, I mean, I guess we don't know technically if, you know, proximity beget more inspiration and confidence seeing it. But I'd also wonder, have you noticed since kind of taking on a few different projects and having them, you know, just having honing the crap, putting in like 10,000 hours kind of a thing. Do you see them kind of being more interested in starting kind of a creative hobby at that point through seeing you
1: maybe yeah i was thinking about that last night actually um with my daughter harlow she's uh she's 11 and you know her her mother and i are divorced and um, but her mom is a makeup artist and she's going to school for uh, art history and stuff like that i think she wants to be like an art teacher um and so like between her mother and, and i art is huge you know what i mean like i don't I don't sit upstairs and crack a beer and watch the tigers usually, you know what I mean? Like I will come down here, turn on my laptop and scream into a microphone or sing in, <laughs> and sing into a microphone. And I mean, she's upstairs reading and she's drawing and painting and she's, um, you know, I mean, I know it's kind of a young age, but she's getting really into like makeup and she does her, like she does makeup for like events and things like that on herself. And she looks beautiful. Like she's extremely talented um, she's really into music, uh, more more so into like rock music, in, instead of you know the pop things that that she gets at her over at her mom's house. But um, I see her evolving into this little artist, which is super cool. Whichever avenue she wants to take it, she does play some piano. She's interested in playing the drums. She's going to start playing violin this year at school in orchestra. Um, so I'm super proud of her for just like following these little like artistic ambitions that she has. Um, I I think that that, I think that that stuff will actually blossom for her as she comes into her teenage years.
0: I always think it's kind of interesting because it feels like at times like doing like, I remember like talking to Brian from shadows fall and like they were doing a reunion show, like I think like last year or whatever. And it was funny because his kids are at the age now where like they can go, they understand like this is daddy's doing this thing and so he was really excited to kind of share this this old life that he doesn't really do with family now and kind of m- marry the two and so like especially with the the haste Day reunion show that you guys are going to be a part of was it next month yeah okay um like the your kids are at the age now where it's like they'll have cognitive memories of seeing you do that yeah i think it's one of the i'm trying to remember the last time you guys did one i don't yeah, I don't think Ash would have been born yet. And she would have probably been like, what, five or six? Maybe? Yeah,
1: like our, our kids have not seen me play yeah. before, ever, okay. in any capacity at all. Actually, she's been to a couple Still Remains practices, but it was so loud that she actually sat outside of the room and just kind of played her, her Nintendo, her Switch. Um, and honestly, these two shows we're doing next month, like, I don't think that the kids will be able to go to either of them. Um, they're so far away. And I think that one of them is on the weekend. Like, one of them on the weekend where Harlow's mom has her. Um, and the New York one we're doing, I, it's New York. And we're flying, and like, I, I'm not going to get her a plane ticket. Like, I, just, I can't, I can't, it's not, it's not like I'm not going to get her one. It's just, I can't afford it right now. You know, money's money is money. And uh, we just did like a family vacation and all that kind of stuff. So um, if we do a home show, at some point, if Still Remains wants to do a home show, uh, they'll be at that. Absolutely. Um, which I, I hope will happen, you know, within the next half year, year. You know, I really hope to play a home show. But if uh, the, the goal is to have both Dead Me and Glassfield playing live next year. Um, and so, you know, I hope that the kids will be able to see those for sure. I think they will. I think it would just be... Still Remains is a different animal, though. Yeah, no, You know no, what I, I mean? mean? Bigger shows, yeah. you know, like crowd surfing, they're they're pretty intense. They're a lot of fun. You know, whereas, like, Glassfield and Dead Me are baby bands. Well, I mean, Glassfield's not a baby band. They've been around for a long time. But they don't do, like, bigger shows and things like that. You know, they're not, like, a bigger band. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be cool to see, like, the dynamic. If, if the kids can, like, watch me play in one of those projects and then see a Still Remains <laughs> show and be like, Dad's got it. Oh, yeah. You
0: know what I mean? I think like it's funny because like for the longest time I thought I wanted kids and then as you know after I started getting out of high school and having adult relationships and I, like everyone was just like I don't really want kids and I was like I don't think I do either but it's funny because it's the same here yeah I was gonna I say, love my kids I I think the thing that's interesting about it because a lot of people are like it seems like you want them because you talk about kids perspective of things and I go no I just find it interesting because. Like, when I was, like, with an old roommate, watching a, his two kids, like, one was an infant up until, I think, like, we lived together until she was, like, maybe two. And then his son, like, I have been around through most of his life. And I go, it's just interesting to, like, see how their brains fucking work. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, his kid, one day, we were eating, like, McDonald's fries. And he just, like, stared at one after he half ate one. And I was like, what's up, buddy? And he was like.
1: Is this a real potato? <laughs> no, no. no. This, this, this was, No. This is
0: what he said. And it still, like, blows my mind. But he goes, are french fries just, like, a casing for mashed potatoes? And I, like, looked at it for a second, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's, like, the most high, like, thought I've ever heard, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you high? Yeah. <laughs> What's in these? Stop did eating
1: you, Did you get daddy's gummies out?
0: Uh, but it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how, like, A, like, the personality of someone becoming their own person, but then also, like I said, like, they're just so, like, so pure is like the only thing i can think of they're just so like like there's no reason to lie about anything sometimes too truthful um but it's just a thing it's interesting to see things from their perspective because i think along the way we've been so beaten down by a lot of shit and self-doubt and and all these things that seeing them just be like they still have their innocence intact we don't it's it's destroyed you know like it's gone So I think it's interesting to just kind of look at life sometimes or to remind myself to try to look at life through like a child's eyes and be like, have the wonderment and amazement and just kind of be like, yeah, this is fucking cool. Isn't it? Even if it's like not like, I I mean, there's been times like going to shows recently where I'm like, oh, thank God this show. Like I needed an escape like just for a couple hours and like just forgetting like that that's what it's for. Like and that's why it's magical. Yeah. But I think too many of us, like, especially now with cell phones, are afraid of, like, being caught, like, dancing awkwardly or something, doing something stupid and being like, oh, fuck, now I'm a meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I guess, like, that was, that's kind of an interesting thing because it's it's been so long since you've done something. Like, the whole way of doing everything has changed. Like, it's still, like, it's funny as we're in this room and, like, there's amps and stuff in, in corners and all that. This feels normal. like. But I also feel like at times I don't know that anyone really gets in a room anymore I feel like everyone's like alright send me your files man and like I don't know I feel like it's the tangible thing of sitting in a room and actually being with with
1: everything and having the vibrations and everything it, it's not a thing anymore it's not um, I can say that with the projects that I'm doing still remains still does get in a room um, right now but it's it's often not all of us so right now like Jordan and AJ and Zach are trying to get together every couple of weeks just to hash out new ideas. They're working on some new stuff. I haven't really heard anything yet, um, and I haven't been involved because I'm more focused on Dead Me and Glassfield right now. And Dead Me has just been like me in my basement, really, just kind of like writing songs and Logic, and then I'll just take them to Matt's studio, like, and then Jordan will meet us there, and that's kind of our brand, our band practice. I mean, we're all in a room together, but we're not. We don't have the amps on loud. You know what I mean? We're just tracking hashing it out and talking at like a low volume you know um hopefully that will change actually by next year i'm I'm hoping we can get in the room i mean because these are all demos anyway um if it gets to the point where we get like some label backing or something like that we can actually like afford to produce like a great sounding record i want to do everything with raw live drums and everything else and i want that to be based on actually being in a room together playing things loud and hearing what things need to sound like with just us like hashing it out. you know like these demos there's a lot of midi going on you know what i mean there's a there's a ton of extra things in there and i i I think that uh, my original vision for this was to do it as raw as possible you know what i mean so it kind of like morphed into something that i didn't foresee but i i'm also very happy with you know but like i said they're just demos right now um i just wanted people to be able to hear what what we got going on you know i'm just excited glassfield gets together like that is all organic completely organic getting in a room together and hashing shit out which is super cool and you can hear that on the recordings too like it's raw as fuck it's really visceral
0: i would almost like this may not be it's behind you charging oh sorry about that by the way nope you're good um I was gonna say I think mm-hmm. something that, and there may not even be a like story behind it at all, like not like anything deeper at all. But like, I find the the idea of Dead Me as a, as a name for a project interesting, and I feel like it can evoke a lot of things. And I don't know if like what I would put onto it of where I think it's coming from it. is a thing. Oh, well, I was I hate <laughs> I hate doing that because then like I feel like especially I try not to read comments on shit, but people are always like Ooh, let the fucking person talk. So instead of saying what I think, and then you're just being like, yeah. And it's like, cool, Well, I'm glad I, I asked the question and then I answered it, too, and then threw it back to you to be like, yes or no.
1: You're not going to get this right. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs>
0: go ahead. Well, I just, I think, and again, I'm probably projecting based on our my personal relationship with you, as minute as it actually is, but I think it's... I feel like maybe it's just a... a It's an outlet for you to, to almost reverse of what it is, like that you have been almost awakened to do something now. And dead me is sort of like it was the dead me of like a, in a creative sense. I was dead. And it is.
1: That's that's really cool. I never thought of it that way.
0: But again, I, I'm, I feel like I'm projecting based on like part of the conversation we had like all those years ago and where it seems okay. like you were versus where you are now.
1: It's uh, so <laughs> the dead me thing. Um i first I'll tell you where the name came from, and then I'll tell you what it kind of means to me, okay, because they're not related okay so um I had Josh Stacy over here uh who's a he's a great friend of mine um and like you know he'll come over i'll have a will have a few friends over on like kidless weekend nights you know and we'll play like we'll play cards against humanity and we'll we'll have some drinks or maybe smoke some weed or whatever and just laugh a bunch and it's just a pretty innocent like adult <laughs> hang you know what i mean or we'll hit the hot tub and hang out whatever um, and so one, one night like after everybody left uh Josh and i were just hanging out in the we've got i call it the theater room it sounds really bougie. It's not like I live in like this '70s like tri-level house, and um, you know, it's it's pretty compacted. We don't have a lot of open space and whatever. But there, there's was there was almost like this like second living room area, and we painted it all black, and that's where I've got like the PS5 and our video games, and that's where we watch movies and stuff like that. So we were just like hanging out on the couch. It was super late. We were we were pretty stoned, and um, we were watching something on YouTube. And uh, Josh and I are both very ADHD. He's about 10 times more ADHD than I am. (laughs) And I love him so much. But he was just laying there and he was just like saying random band names. Like, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. And he goes, dead me. And I kind of like looked over at him, like shot, shot this look over. And I was like, that's, that's sweet. He was like, yeah, I got to write that down. (laughs) And then we just went about our night and whatever. And you know, I was kind of at the point where I was thinking about a name for, for this whole thing. And, uh, any of my names, I just, I just couldn't really connect to and I couldn't, I wasn't really stoked. And I, I just, I hit him up like a few days later. I was like, Hey, do you remember that name you came up with that you said you wanted to put in your back pocket? And, uh, he was like, no, what was it again? (laughs) And I was like, it was dead me. He was like, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I was like, can I use it? Can I have that? And he was like, hell yeah man he doesn't give a shit (laughs) and so because for whatever reason that name i felt as though just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks uh and i think that's because you know i'm writing these songs and things that i'm dealing with uh in my personal life uh my I, I was raised, well, not raised my entire life, but like from an early age, really, really early age. My mom has been an addict, like a major addict, and I, and I've always known this. I've always known that she was a major addict, um, but I guess I didn't really understand to what extent it was until very recently, like within these last like few months, um, and some th- like some crazy shit has just happened in my personal life. Right now, she's in hospice. Um, and I. But the addict behavior is still, I mean, she's still with it, walking around, whatever. Um, she's like at home hospice, but her addict behavior is like out of control. Um, my gr- and my grandma was taking care of her and she had actually just passed like in May. And so it was just a completely bizarre turn of events, and I just felt like all of that and dealing with my own, like, severe depression at times, uh, I just felt like that's the place I was writing from. Like, that's the place where lyrically I'm writing from, I'm writing my true feelings about these things into song form, and musically... I think that vibe resonates. Like, I think that my lyrics kind of connect to the vibe of like the things that I'm writing on guitar. I mean, it's it's all kind of like slow and sad, and I mean, it's rock. I mean, it, it it can hit hard and whatever, and it can hit you hard. But like, um, the dead me, I just kind of felt like that's me, like dead me. I don't know. Like, it just it just felt like it like it sat in the right spot, and I thought about it for a few days, and I was just like, okay think i'm actually going to use
0: this name. i think what's interesting when you're coming up with something that eventually needs a a title of sorts is it's funny because like i went through with this podcast like initially i just couldn't come up with a name so i just called it like my untitled podcast because i was like placeholder name so it's all it is working title (laughs) that's what still
1: remains was this still remains was just a placeholder and then we just never Never changed changed it it. yeah
0: (laughs) so i remember like going through but it's like it became this thing where like, there was something kind of nice about having Automity. Like, what is Johnson title podcast? I don't know. It's untitled. It can be whatever you want it to be. Like, there was something kind of that I liked about it. But then, excuse me, when I ended up getting a co-host, I was like, I feel kind of like a dick having my name and face on it when there's two of us. Like, that just feels disingenuous. So we kind of worked together on coming up with a name. I like punny names anyway. So I was like, dude, like, usually, we like, before we record or do something, him and I, like, Dan and I would... uh drink beers and shit like that and I was like and we'd be like oh what are you drinking oh I'm drinking this oh man I'm drinking this and we'd talk about it and I was like and I'd always cut it out because I'm like no one cares but then I was like right but then it became this thing where I was like I know the thing like because I remember Chris when we were at Mulligan's a long time ago it was just like you have this gift of like getting people to open up and tell you shit that like they probably wouldn't tell a stranger but they'll just fucking tell you for some reason and so I was like oh like you know someone made the comment like oh sometimes you get like brutally honest or have like these like like. brutally real conversations so hence brutally speaking with brew and so it kind of allowed me to marry two different things but it, it's funny that once i got the name i feel like the show kind of changed and became i think more of what it has slowly marked into through confidence and honestly i've said like plenty of times like i can pinpoint the episode that i had done therapy like for the first time and then did a podcast and it was totally different yeah. and like that was like the moment where i was like oh shit i want this mm-hmm. to be that like if, yeah. if i can have it be like that all the time awesome yeah, yeah. and but i think it's a thing where until you kind of give something a name it kind of just you kind of meander like because it, it doesn't i don't want to say it can find something but i think it gives it a defined role of what it's going to be and i think you know for you like dead me obviously means something and it's like oh it, it finally encapsulates everything i'm doing yeah. and i think like that's it's interesting to see how people get there because i i feel i would wonder if you have stuff that you were working on and then like now that you have a name for it you're like oh well this isn't this this is something else now
1: you know that's a that's uh that's interesting because i have some things that i'm working on where i think it was originally my intent to say yeah this is this is for this project but now that it's kind of kind of uh, been identified more you know it's got its own identity I'm starting to question a couple of those ideas like do I really want to you know do this with this part of me part of me doesn't want to like start excluding ideas because ultimately like I want dead me to be a true representation of who I am as an artist and I don't expect or really desire the songs to all have the same kind of vibe. I just don't like, um, I would say that Empty Now is more of a, I don't know, it's just kind of like a hard rock song really. Um, it's, I wouldn't call it metal. No. There's aspects, you know, like some of the screaming stuff um, and some of the like really hard drums at the end. Um, but then there's some like really chilled Dead me stuff. But then there's some more violent Stuff too, and I think it could all work. I really think it could all work. I think I could get in a room and play acoustically at some point. You know, um, you know, if I'm not gonna, it's it's hard to like uh, reach so far and say, you know, like look at what Zeppelin does. You know what I mean? I mean Zeppelin did so many different things. You know, they could play the hard stuff. They could play the slow stuff. They could play the the perverted songs and the love songs and the, you know, they can get in a room with acoustic guitars. They can Blast is super loud in Arena whatever. Like, I would love to be able to do all of that with Dead me you know, and just not give a fuck what the song's about, really necessarily what it sounds like, just as long as it's coming from an honest place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I... But I do have those, I, those thoughts. Like, should this be for something else? Yeah,
0: I... Yeah, because, like, there's a... It's funny, because, like, even doing this, there's been times where it's like, I have a couple episodes like I'll probably never release because they're just not up to my standard. Like it felt like something completely different. And I'm like and for a little while they were up on like Patreon when I was doing one of those. I was like, hey, here's these episodes. I'm never going to release them. I might eventually just be like if I'm I don't want to say lazy, but like if I'm on a vacation and I don't feel like posting a new episode, I'll be like, here, just have this one. It just is a thing Um, like a tied over thing like an EP. Well, we're we're not done with the full length, but here's some shit. And, yeah, here's something out. that
1: you can just digest for yeah, a minute. It's
0: a Japanized, Japanese Japanese B side that you didn't hear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's it's a thing where at times though I I, I kind of lost my train of thought. I was I was like thinking of something. Um, but I think like I think the thing that like gets kind of interesting when you do something and you're kind of like have various projects, because, like, right now, like, interestingly, like, I'm in the same space, and that's where I was going. So, like, I did one with Corey from God Forbid, like, randomly, like, someone on Twitter was like, you should talk to Corey, and I was like, okay, like, I know Doc, so sure. So, we ended up doing a chat, and then, like, we just kind of hit it off pretty quickly, and if you know Corey, Corey's a talker, very much, like, it's an East Coast thing, I think.
1: I think I might have met him, like, years and years ago, but, like, we don't have, like, a tight relationship.
0: And so, we started talking got to talk about whatever i think we were talking about like beating kids like yeah you know like sometimes i think like growing up it's like you know my parents have spanked me on occasion and it's like but i'd still do the bad thing or whatever and like sure. it, like what does it do but also like now you can't even do that so like i don't know like weird world we live in and da 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 and then like we just i mean it's sort of like a bonding experience now like where we say like really fucked up things yeah. and share really fucked up me like uh i'm gonna show you this one that i sent him yesterday and i'll explain it on here real quick And I, this is actually something I want to talk about on uh, the other podcast I'm doing with Chris and them eventually is just kind of like, like, I hate that my brain just goes to like kind of the most fucked up things like immediately because I'm looking for a laugh. Yeah, I do the same thing. And so like what kind of sucks after a bit is like, um, all right, so... oh man (laughs) so what I'm showing TJ is someone had a meme uh and it's a DiGiorno pizza that's just burnt to shit like literally it looks like chocolate and then it says DiGiorno's new Hawaiian style pizza because obviously they're whole they're burning burning. um and so like it's a thing where like Corey and I do shit like that but like at one point we were talking about something that I'm like ooh, I know news sites people listen to my show randomly and you have, like, God forbid, has some, like, big reunion shows coming up, I don't want to be the culprit of, like, you getting those pulled over you and I have... Yeah, Yeah, you and I just have an, an actual conversation where we're debating something, and when we're done recording, I'll tell you what we were talking about, but it is something where I understand that, like, sometimes you can have a conversation with somebody, and I like being able to just throw ideas out there, kind of explore them, but we live in a world now where sometimes you can't even ask the fucking questions like without repercussions of some sort. So I've sat on those episodes, but and then I went to like finish the episode and then we just like kind of doubled down on everything on the next one. And then it was toward the end we were like, man, we should do a fucking podcast or I was like, you should do a podcast. And then he hits me up like a day later. He's like, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, sure. I don't know what we'll fucking talk about, but all right. And then, we ended up adding uh, Jackie, who like works for like Metal Blade and some other companies uh, or other labels. So it's like all three of us are in different facets of music industry, yeah. and we all love weed. So it's called the Green Room, and we usually just smoke and bullshit. Oh God, gonna... <laughs> so it's it's funny, like you know, like one of our episodes <laughs> is like, when is it okay to socially beat a beat a woman? <laughs> but it's like you have a black man, a woman, and then me, and at one point, like <laughs> it just goes <laughs> off the rails. Yeah, Yeah. And then it's like the one I do with Chris and and Rush is like completely different. And like I get and then even doing this show, it's like there is some carryover because it's how could it not be? because you I'm a part of each one, but they're all completely different. And there would have been a time where I'm like, "Eh, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know that you can compartmentalize shit like that. But it's funny. Like now I have three projects going and I'm like, well, this is kind of this thing. And this is this thing. And like, this is its own thing. Sure. And something I like have been in doing that I've really get become fascinated with the roles like I play in each of those shows where like this like I'm kind of front and center, the green room I'm probably like third like I'm in the back seat, like just kind of watching everything and then chiming in every on occasion, and then I'd say I'm an equal third of the show with Russian and Chris, but it's interesting because like I am all those people, but i I kind of have to learn where I sit and where I fit, and I feel like. It's the interesting thing, and I would. And here's where the question kind of comes for you: Have you noticed that same thing of like the different roles that you kind of play and are obviously aware of them as they're happening in all these projects?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know that, that that question brings me back to like talking about still remains with you before and how kind of jaded I was, um, and it's really because still remains is, is its thing. It has like a very established identity, and we don't really go outside of that. And I f- I feel like this constant need to express myself in different ways, and um, I just can't do that just with that project. Like I'm limited, really. Hey, Bubba, my cat is crazy. <laughs> He's such a shit. You get down. <laughs> but uh, so like, I kind of feel. A little limited with Still Remains, uh, with some like just the music that we write. You know what I mean. Unfortunately, I think Still Remains just kind of pigeonholed into a spot. I mean, and and I don't mean that disrespectfully toward the guys at all that write the music, whatsoever. But they have they have their thing that they do. You know, it's 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 heavy, it's thrash, it's melodic, and that's what it is.
0: I and I don't want to cut you off, but like I just had a thought that i want to throw out to you do you f- have you now all these years later having all the time spent with them and, and i would even say now having a different relationship with everyone because of how old you are and the, and the lives you all have separately have you come to realize that potentially that's why everyone likes this thing because now it is that outlet for that thing for all of them
1: i mean that could potentially be something you know i think you might be onto something something with that but it's it's really, uh, in, my, in my mind anyway, it's just because that's where, I mean, if you look at the core of where the music comes from, Jordan and AJ, that's just that's where those guys are. That's right where they are. That's where they remain. That's, where they've, that's just where they've always been. You know what I mean? And they, um, they've, they've been in that spot writing that kind of music that they've, they've just gotten better and better at it. You know what I mean and so with with that band I mean we're gonna do what we're good at and that's just that's where we're at you know what I mean and um, and that's that's cool that's really cool I mean it's super fun you know what I mean it's super fun it is an outlet but it's also kind of limiting I it's like I I personally as as a singer or as just an artist in general feel like I just need more than that like I've you know a lot, of, uh, a lot of Still Remains material can be kind of poppy at times, uh, really catchy choruses and things like that. And, um, you know, me with the life circumstances that I'm in that I spoke to you about just a few minutes ago, uh, like, I need to be able to express myself uh, and express those kinds of things because those are the things that are attacking me mentally just constantly and so when i'm presented with a song that is super catchy i mean it's great thrashy dancey, whatever i don't like i i, I can't like pull from the spot that i really feel this need to pull from to, to to write that song you know what i mean so it's almost like i hope that the still remains material that i will be presented with soon will be more pissed or you know less melodic you know heavy as fuck like that's that's what i'm hoping for i don't know you know what i'm saying but like if i venture outside of still remains and i look to Glassfield or i'm looking to the dead me stuff like i can i have the freedom to pull from whatever i want and just channel it into this music it's not as it's not as free and i've i've tried to do it with still remains and i have to i have done it with still remains but it it almost hasn't felt quite right
0: First thing you, that comes to mind when you say that, and I don't know if it's just because of how far into the discography it is, so it maybe feels like it's that's why it stands out to me. But like, bear your teeth. Like, I feel like maybe that's sort of like in the direction of like what you're in the vein of what you're saying, where it's like that's it wasn't really poppy. It kind of just is very like like beating you over the fucking head. Like,
1: yeah, that or like close to the grave or yeah. or like um, even. I mean. Hell, there were some really, really, really old songs that Still Remains did that were... I mean, they were a lot simpler. We were a lot younger, but there was a song, like, way back in the day. I don't even know if the guys remember this. It's called Cole Harder. It was super cool. Um, it was about... It was, it was taken from this kid that I, I read about in a news story. Um, had a violent thing with his parents or something like that. It was a pretty fucked up story. Um, but, like, that was... Uh, that was a song that had a lot of like rink rink chords, you know what I mean? Rink rink rink! Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just nastier, you know what I mean? It, but that's the kind of metal that I like. You know, like I love the new end track. Did you hear that? Like that's... I mean, if if I had a choice to be in, you know, to, <laughs> to play a certain type of metal, it would be like that or like Converge or, or you know, just the nastier, more complex emotional shit. You know what I mean? The darker, the darker shit. Um, and Still Remains isn't really that band. Uh, we we've touched on some darker things. I mean, Zach, when Zach writes songs, Zach writes darker things. I think, moodier things that I've been able to connect to a little bit better. Um, but Still Remains is an animal, man. It's it's a tough animal, and um, we do our thing. We do it well, and it's great. But I, I do struggle sometimes to connect with some of the songs. I
0: have. Kind of two things, and, I, and it kind of feels like the, the conversation when I ask these questions will kind of be done because we've touched so many different things. Um, so first the first question, I guess, um, I've been talking to a lot of different people, like, you know, now that the internet exists and, like, we can kind of be more connected to on a global sense uh, than we ever really have been, it's funny because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll mention bands or, like, I'll, you know, like, Billy Talent's a great example. Like, people will be like, oh, who fuck's Billy Talent? And I'm like, oh, yeah, here in the States, that's the vibe. Like, no one knows who the fuck Billy Talon is. Everywhere else in the world, they're fucking massive. Like, you know, basically, when you see, like, those big festivals, they're right at the top of the fucking bill, like, almost headlining or, like, direct support for the headliners, like, on most of those. So there becomes this sense that it gets really interesting to see how differently geographically music is taken and, and appreciated or whatever you're probably the first person that can probably speak to this where it's like, I would say here, you know, if you guys were to do it to where I'm, I'm assuming that most of it would be like pyramid scheme size, basically, unless it's like, maybe like out in LA or like bigger pockets, but it's like probably looking at like 400 cap, four, 600 cap rooms is what I would assume, possibly.
1: If it was, you know, if it was back in 2008, I would say, yeah. I mean, now just because there hasn't been much new music and we haven't toured at all. I mean, I don't know if we would even get booked, <laughs> you know, like, Fair enough. I mean, we would potentially be in smaller rooms, but what I was going to say, but is, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah so like, the thing right.
0: is though, is like you go overseas though. And like you, you've always been bigger over there. Yeah. How, how is that? How was it? And how is it like to, to know that like, we're fucking big somewhere else, but, like, not even our own backyard. But, like, it's the, the career trajectory is just totally different.
1: You know, that plays into the complexities of uh, my feelings to the band. I, I, I think that um, signing to Roadrunner Records was great for us internationally and It's because there were so many amazing people internationally that believed in us and really worked hard for us and pushed us, and we were able... Um, you know, metal is just more way more appreciated the style of metal that we play is more appreciated over overseas it was easier to get on great tours over there and things like that um, so it was it was awesome it was the coolest thing ever here though I've, I felt like you know the label it's almost like they don't really look at the music they just look at the money and that's just kind of typical for America anyway they don't look at substance they just look at money that's that's it that's it so. Um, when we were signed they just put their car- they put all the cards on Trivium. And fine, you know, Trivium obviously is incredibly talented and they've made a huge name for themselves and they probably made the label a lot of money. Um, whereas a band like Still Remains and I could be at, at the fault of this as well, like is it, for you know when they look at when they look at a band, they, they go to see you live. And they look at the front man and they go, "Is, is that guy going to make me money? Like, how is he? You know, like Matt is very versed. You know, Matt he he's very versed. Uh, he's very it's se- and I could be wrong in this. I don't know if he like rehearses what he says like between songs for every night and things like that. But he's got his go to things. And for me, because I'm just like I said, I'm I'm a depressive. I'm ADHD, and I'm just really kind of all over a place, all over all over the place." I as an artist want to be able to do what I'm feeling in the moment because I want it to be honest, I want it to be true. I don't want it to be rehearsed at all. I just want to be me. That's it. I just want it to be me. If the mu- if if the music or the songs or the show is loved, I want it to be loved because it was honest and not because it was just something that we fucking threw together for a bunch of money and that we like I mean, sure, we're going to rehearse our songs. We're going to want to perform those well and play those well as musicians. But um, anything other than that, like, I, I see uh, extreme value in just, like, the chaos of it all. and Just the chaos of just being, you know, honest in your personality and where you're at emotionally. I mean, when we would tour, I would have nights where I was super fucking stoked. And you could tell I would have nights where I was super bummed. just super pissed but those shows were great because they were so intense you know what I mean so they were just in a different way Um, so I think that maybe when the label would like come to look at us play live they might not see the monetary value in something like that you know coming from a vocalist and that could have been part of the reason why we weren't quite as successful you know like I'm not a I'm not um, I'm not much of a performer, you know what I mean i'm more I consider myself more of just an artist or just a human um, so that could have been you know part of our downfall in the u s
0: It's just always interesting to kind of see that because it's like there's not I can't really think of many other forms of like entertainment where it's like that like obviously in movies it's like that one uh, was a fucking skyscraper or something like that with the rock. It's like when you watch it, like, I remember my wife being like, I don't remember this movie coming. I was like, oh, I mean, it came out here. It didn't do well, quote unquote. I go, but you watch this and you can tell this isn't a movie for American audiences. This is a, a movie for overseas to do well internationally. Yeah. And I and she was like, why do you say that? I was like, outside of The Rock and maybe like one, like his family in the movie. I was like, there's no fucking Americans in it. It's all Asian people and they're in like Japan or something. And I was like, this clearly isn't a movie for the American audience. Yeah. Um, And I was like, and you just, I mean, I mean, when you start breaking down like demographics and stuff, it's you start noticing shit like that in art and you're just like, oh, okay, like this is catering to this or, you know, they probably were like, yeah, we'll put it out in the States, rack up whatever money it will generate. But the goal is internationally we want to hit blank amount and potentially they probably got a shitload of funding from somewhere like somewhere over there as like a tax break or something i don't know and so like it i don't know like when you start like learning more of like the facets of stuff like that you're just like you can kind of see through some of it for like what it really is but it's it's interesting just to kind of think about what does it look like from the person who has to like make the thing or be a part of it and then be like like you know just thinking about how you have like kind of two separate careers like simultaneously like where it's like man we're fucking popping over here in our own backyard, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, that, that makes perfect sense. It totally does, especially from a music, a musical standpoint as well. Yeah, because it I feel like it, it
0: couldn't not inform what you're, like, especially, I mean, I know a lot of people talk about The Serpent as whatever, however they feel about it. But it's like, I feel like when you list, like, I remember when, uh, like, Stay Captive and other songs, it's like it leaned more heavier on, like, the synth and the, like, keys and stuff like that and being a little more, like, poppier. And the mix was different and stuff like that versus, you know, of love and lunacy. And I was like, Oh, this, this is a still remains record, but I feel like this is the one that's going to hopefully catapult them to another level overseas. Not so much here. Yeah, right. And I don't think when, I don't think a, that's a normal way to like listen to an album where you're like, Oh, I understand what this is from a business perspective. Yeah. Why? Like not saying you did it for that reason, but I understand why it probably leans that way. Sure. And most people probably here in the states are like, well, I don't get this because it's not what I listen to. And you're like, I, okay, cool. it wasn't the last record, <laughs> right? No. Yeah. And well, everyone's always fucking behind on everything anyway. Everyone always wants because like no one, no one likes to be challenged. No one likes to be uncomfortable. That's true. And that's, that's true. Where the growth happens.
1: Yeah, that is where the growth happens, and I, and I can attest to that too. You know, so, you know, saying that I hope you know the next still remain stuff is heavier and whatever else. But um, honestly, when I when I do think about it, like I think I'm gonna be pretty stoked on whatever it is at this point because uh with the other projects i am able to channel the things that i really want to say um and if still remains isn't going to be the avenue to talk or to really like well now
0: it's not the sole avenue
1: right it's not the sole avenue so i mean if 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 the still remains material that i get isn't material that really connects to my grief or the anger that i'm experiencing about x y or z um I know that I'll be able to channel those feelings into one of the other projects there. I, I currently already am. So, I mean, um, I am, I, am, <laughs> Merlin, get off John, you little shit. Um, I'll be excited either way. I think.
0: So the other, the, the last question I kind of had for you was, you know, obviously still remains having been a thing that you did as basically a kid still yeah. like high school. So yeah. now, how, and especially now that you're like prepping for like you these couple of shows, have you thought or has it happened in any of the times that you guys have done like the the couple of one off shows or whatever, even like the European tour, have you had a moment or even all as all the guys talked about how the band has changed for you all? Like what is it like what it means playing these songs that you wrote as kids and now being in your forties and so forth, having kids, homes and mortgages and all that, like have you thought about how like it's changed for you, or it has it?
1: Um, we, I don't really recall having too many conversations like that with the guys. Um, to be honest, I don't see them much at all. We we don't really <laughs> we don't really <laughs> ever hang out, and it's it's not because we don't like each other or anything. It, it's uh, I mean we we got together for lunch here a few weeks ago, and it was great, but um, we we're just all busy. You know, AJ's finishing up. Uh, a huge project. He's a geologist. You know, he's, he does some traveling, things like that. Um, my work and, kids and other projects are, are, busy. You know, Jordan's really busy with kill the lights right now. Um, and he's got a, he's got a really great thing going on with his job. Um, and, and, and so, on, <laughs> come on, buddy. Come here. Come here. Okay. Okay. There you go. Sorry. My cat is just insane. Um, but we're just all busy. We're just all really busy, um, you know. Zach's got you know a, a really young little boy at home and things like that. But uh, I'm sure you know those conversations probably will happen at times as we get to spend more time together. You know, we've got these couple shows coming up, and I'm sure there will be more eventually, and more music and, and things. So we just need to get back in a room together. Honestly, like we haven't really like we haven't practiced as a band probably a good four or five years so, I mean we played that like Skeletons reunion show at the intersection and really I, I want to say that that was probably the last time we were all in a room with amps on playing you know that is, it's just been so long
0: I just think it's it, the idea of like, like it's familial in the sense that like it's a thing and you can come back to it mm-hmm. but like When you come back to it, what is it like? Does it change or manifest into something different each time you come back to it because of just growing as people?
1: Um, I don't know if it changes. Sometimes it's really refreshing. You know, it it can be like getting back in the room, turning the amps on As many times as like you play the songs and you kind of get sick of them um, when you get a break for a few years and then you come in and the amps are warming up and you hear the feedback and you know it, it's uh regardless of whatever song it is that you're gonna play like it's just that like it's it's really nostalgic and it, it's a good good feeling because we had so much fun playing so many shows and, and things like that i don't know if the songs take on a new meaning or they they meet they may even like lose their meaning a little bit like some of the songs i don't even remember what i wrote them about <laughs> I, I just don't like <laughs> I don't connect to them. I don't listen to them. I don't really think about them too much anymore. You know, um, but uh, it it's, it sure is fun to to get in there and turn the amps on. It's always.
0: I mean, now in you know twenty twenty three, I mean, fucking. The Dice Today is getting back together. Like I just had Brooks on. That'll drop tomorrow. And nice recording. Love that guy. Yeah. He's Super awesome. great. And it was funny, is like we kinda did something similar, like talking about like because he basically, like I get being almost 40 at this point, you know, talking about people existing before the internet. So it's like, dude, he left the band. Yeah. And like my like I think maybe there's my space, but it's like it, he wasn't on social media. Like he kind of, and then didn't really adopt any of the other shit and was like out of the public eye. And so you're just like, what the fuck you been doing? Where have you been? And then even us having more of a local connection to it with, through Jason, Mm -hmm it's like we talked about just kind of like what's it like leaving a thing and then seeing it go on without you and now you're back and then you left and now it's back again and people care and like all this shit and
1: Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
0: like i think i had the first thing he's done since that happened which we talked about it for like fucking two seconds um but it was just kind of funny like talking about that but and like i i can't wait for people to be because like people are hitting me up as soon as i posted and they reposted that i posted like i did it people are like where's this ad i want to hear it I'm like, it's not out for like another week. Yeah. And then uh but I think what's gonna be so funny is like for like like at one point I was drinking high news, like you drinking a nooner and I was like, Yeah. And then we just started talking about drinking, and then it just developed straight up into sh- like full on Buffalo stuff where I'm like, Yeah, man, like the pink, like like my wife and I go, like we stay over here and like go to this place and Gabe's gate, like for wings and da 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 da. And I'm like I fucking had a blast talking about it, but I'm sure people are like, Well, where's the dice today stuff? Yeah, and right. I'll be like fuck you man this is cool we talked about we nerded out on buffalo shit like it'd be like if you and i all of a sudden we're just like oh man like uh schnitz's deli like i fucking love that place i don't go ever but like they have some of the best bread like for sandwiches in town like it's fucking amazing um but like if we were to start delving into shit like that people would be like what the fuck
1: yeah like the local like (laughs) craft food and stuff yeah
0: Yeah. but um so i guess kind of last thing uh where can everyone find you or anything you would like to plug online
1: um, I would love to plug the living shit out of Dead Me. Um, you know, what's that? Uh, th- I would love to plug the living shit out of Dead Me. And what? What is that again? Dead Me? No, I'm just kidding. Dead Me. <laughs> I'm Dead. Uh, dead Me is you know my 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 new band that I've got going on. Uh, we released our first single called Empty Now uh, last a couple weeks ago, and um, you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the song is streaming on Virtually. Every streaming service known to man, I think, pretty much. I'm most someone's, of them. <laughs> someone's gonna be
0: so mad that you're not on like BumblebeeCollector.com or something, and like, your song's there. not on that <laughs> I,
1: you know, we did. I, I did everything. I put everything through DistroKid, and yeah. you know, they they throw it out everywhere. So, um, you know, we we have a Bandcamp page. If you wanna go there and download it for free, or if you wanna th- throw us like a dollar or whatever. Either way, it doesn't matter to me. Just as long as it's out there, we're working on um, getting like a merch store opened up online. I mean, I know that we've only got like one song out. There's not a lot of people that have heard it yet, or might not even care. But um, I want to get it rolling, you know. So the goal is to release another song here as soon as we can. Probably I'd say like within the next two months at the longest. Hopefully, um, waiting for Matt to come home, and then we're gonna wrap one of them up vocally. He's uh, he's out with norma Jean right now in, in california for a fest or whatever um so if you guys see you know if anybody is in california or going to see norma Jean here i think it's like next week um, it's be out
0: for a few weeks so they'll, they'll definitely that already happens
1: yeah yeah oh yeah well if you, if you saw matt hopefully you uh, gave him a high five and a big kiss and said hey your dead me shit is sweet um but yeah check it out let me know what you think you know you can add me on facebook or add the band and You know, we just I'm trying to engage with people, you know, so if you got questions, it is a whole other job. I mean, it's it's a ton. So if anybody wants to reach out and talk and get to know the band or whatever, just just shoot me a message. We'll talk about it.
0: Sounds good. Thank you again for inviting me into your home and doing this. Thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my conversation with TJ Miller. I want to thank him again for inviting me into his home to do this. Uh, it's been kind of fun doing some of these in person. Uh, he was one of the, you know, Landon Tours uh, from Plot and He was one of the first ones I did since the pandemic in person. Uh, this is probably the first in-person, not at a venue I've done, I think, ever. Trying to think back to like four hundred plus episodes, uh, yeah, I think this is literally one of the first ones I've ever done, not in my own home, if it's been an in person and not at a venue, uh, so that was that was a little bit different and interesting, and you know it, it's kind of funny to be the away team of sorts, uh, you know I think it puts you as the person, or I should say me as the person doing these, you know, it's a little bit more comforting. Uh, when you're on your home turf and you're in your own environment, uh, versus being the person coming into it. But I do think it's, it's kind of interesting to let the person who you're talking to kind of have that. I, I do feel like maybe it allotted for, uh, TJ to be a little more open, uh, with some of the questioning and answers as, as what we have discussed, um, And something I think that was better about this one than before, and like I said, is I feel like he is just, actually both of us are, like I said in the intro, are just in better spaces, I think. Uh, We understand more who we are and, and what we do. I think before when I had him on the podcast, I was more focused on trying to steer an episode into what I thought people wanted you know trying to discuss things about people that maybe the fans of that person didn't know so like started with Porter and knowing that he was into photography TJ you know getting into cosmetology and stuff like that back in the day and I just realized sometimes like some of those conversations were interesting and the the foundations of what this show could be and became I think were there but I think I was too dead set on making something happen Uh, and steering it in a way that I wanted to versus just kind of literally letting a conversation happen. And I also think that to a degree, I, for lack of a better term, I was still kind of starstruck, I think, uh, with some of these people. Like, to me, I never really knew TJ as a a not-musician person who toured. Uh, That's how I was introduced to them, through mutual friends, and it was a thing where... I did the thing. I I was a fan of, you know, I fanboyed to a degree uh, on these people and I didn't look at them as just people who happen to have extraordinary, you know, professions. And so I think, uh, I think this is a way better conversation. And I think honestly is why I also don't like getting rid of any of the old episodes, however bad I may feel about them. Because I think just like music, I think it is a time and place in our lives and it's a snapshot of it. And it's a thing that, like, if I were to go back and listen to it, I probably would be like, oh, man, I remember where I was at that point in my life. I remember what I was doing. Just like maybe a song from the first, you know, of Love and Lunacy or even uh, any of the earlier EPs and stuff that Still Remains put out, uh, What If Love Was Born to Die and so forth, that, like, I'm sure people would hear those songs and be taken right back to where they were and some of the the memories associated with those things. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing as you do something in a creative space is to understand that you can, you were that person and that you can still be that person for a lot of others, but that you've grown and changed, hopefully, uh, for the betterment of yourself and for those around you. And I think it really showcases the growth uh, of, of TJ, more importantly than myself, but I think the two of us. And like I said, having talked about... TJ uh, on the other podcast and, and kind of looking at it through the prism of like 10 years later and having more of an understanding especially with the con- what we were c- conversing about uh, I think it was a really interesting uh, way to bring him into the fold on this and like I said he was just kind of something someone in something that we were discussing and has peripherally been someone in my life that I've been like ah, oh, like we should probably do this again we should have a conversation again and interestingly, uh, I ended up losing the episode I was talking about. Uh, something happened with the file. I don't know what happened. I saved it. It it just fucking gone. Um. And so, interestingly, we've talked about going back since it didn't need to be released. No one knows what we're doing or what we're discussing. Um, that since we're going to do it in a seasonal format, uh, that I think the the thing we're going to do to just kind of really bring and showcase a different side of things is we're actually going to bring TJ onto that show, and he'll be probably the first and I would assume only guest we're going to have on season one uh, of the Bar podcast, and that we are going to kind of have him offer his take on things that we were discussing because all we were able to do was just kind of bring up the situation that I had discussed about, you know, what is a name worth and all that. And that was about as far as I could take it. Uh, he can push it into a different set, uh, into a different setting than the three of us know and can really, I think, paint a fuller picture and, and offer a more interesting, round, well-rounded discussion of the devaluation of, of art and music and, and creativity. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to bringing him into the fold for that and uh, kind of picking his brain a little bit uh, about it in conjunction to everything that we were discussing and, and essentially, I think, making a better version of uh, the episode and what we were aiming to do. Um, like I said, it's kind of the fun thing of, of sort of having a, a few different facets and how you can articulate yourself in a, in a creative medium because you're not pigeonholed into like, well, this is this thing and this is this thing and, and this becomes this thing. So I really hope listening to this and in, in this episode specifically that I hope that uh, potentially if you're feeling stagnant uh, creatively or in in some facet of your life uh, because you feel like it's not who you are or who you are supposed to be in that, I would challenge you to maybe find something else that makes you able to express that um, because I do feel that it allows you to really kind of become a more well-rounded person and learn more about yourself, but also to just have that outlet uh, maybe that you're missing currently. So whatever it is, seek it out. Uh, and maybe you'll find that it's it's not something that you, can, you want to pursue uh, even. And I think even in that, it's a great learning experience for you. Um, I always advocate uh, trying to find anything that makes you happy and that you're passionate about uh, explore uh, it is it is where we grow as people is in the unknown and the uncomfortable and um, all that said, I'm going to kind of start wrapping up this episode. If you would like to keep up with TJ Miller, uh, you can find him on Instagram at TJ Miller underscore TJ Miller. Um, cause there is, you know, obviously another TJ Miller that exists, uh, who is also famous. Um, uh, and he has that handle, uh, Facebook. If you would like to keep up with still remains, you can find them at facebook.com. Still remains, Instagram at store remains and Twitter at still remains, or you can go to www.store They have those upcoming reunion shows with, uh, haste the day. Uh, I, don't think any of them are officially sold out as of when I'm doing this, um, but if you're able to go to those shows, uh, hella jealous. I uh, would love to see the dudes, and hoping that there will be a hometown show. The, the last handful of hometown reunion shows have been absolutely bonkers, uh, so it's always a great time to see those guys uh, playing. Just. Classic songs, uh, especially here for for us in the Grand Rapids area where it all started for them. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with Glassfields, you can find them at Facebook at Glassfield Band, Instagram at Glassfield underscore band. And I didn't find them on Twitter, uh, so I don't think they have one. And Dead Me, they do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's a little bit tricky. Uh, to do that I was going to put the link in the show notes but it's it's not been claimed as a like you know dead me you know facebook.com slash dead me it's like a whole profile with a bunch of numbers and stuff so uh, just look on facebook for dead me it's like dead.me um, or if you follow tj on any of the socials his socials or whatever uh, you will be very quick to find uh, dead me and glassfield stuff he's tagging it as much as he can uh, you can also go to Dead me Band on Bandcamp.com. Uh, they have a track, Empty Now, that's out now. You can, you know, pay what you want for it. Uh, but obviously, with it being a independent thing, I would recommend uh, throwing a couple bucks at it uh, to help uh, fund the future of the band and, and more releases to come out. And for the podcast, if you'd like to keep up with us, it's simple enough. Bruce Speak Pod on all your major social media platforms. Uh, you can email me at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com where you can, you know, carry on the conversation from an episode you can recommend upcoming guests uh, if you would like to hear someone on the show uh rate review subscribe wherever you can on whatever platform you are listening to this on i know there's lots of variable things that you can do on all the different apps uh so whatever you are able to do in whatever capacity uh go ahead and do that it would be greatly appreciated I want to thank our sponsors for their continued support. Rockability.com. Go over there. Use our code BRUTALLY at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. Uh, I want to thank them for their continued support, as well as Starving Artist Brewery. uh, Two companies that are just have become really good friends, honestly. Um, and that's been the incredible thing about all the podcast sponsors I've had on currently and in the, in the past. Uh, everyone essentially has become homies and really is inspiring to help support other people who do just incredible things uh, in various spaces. And honestly, that's all I could ever ask for uh, when doing this. So if you are able to support them in whatever capacity you are able to, even if it's just a like or a follow on various social networkings, uh, I'm sure they would be greatly appreciative of it. And for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John, and I will see you all next week, where our guest is Mike Mainz of Mike Mainz and the Branches. Uh, that was a really, really great chat, really raw and honest, and is another artist that is technically from here in Michigan, a little bit kind of out of the realm of what we typically have on the show, but I think showcases a lot of why I love branching out, so no pun intended. Uh, into different genres and styles of music and just having guests on that I think are really interesting. And uh, this, this chat was really awesome and, and was one I was really looking forward to having and it lived up to the expectation and then some, and I'm really excited to get that one to you. So until next week, I will see you have a good rest of your week and we'll chat next time.